Mark chapter 4, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together and we'll read the Word of God beginning in verse number 35. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse number 35, read down through the end of the chapter. The Bible says, In the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, And said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him. I don't know if you've ever been to this point, but look back with me to verse number 38. And the last phrase on the one thing that they said to Jesus in this passage of Scripture, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And I want to share a few thoughts, and the Lord's had this message on my heart for a while now, and the timing to be able to preach it, and I just believe today's the day on the subject matter on trusting that He cares. Trusting that He cares. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands today on how many have gotten to that point of saying, God, do you even care? Carest thou not? Let's have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you for the Word of God. Lord, thank you for giving us a little bit of insight once again into the humanity of these disciples as they were fearful. And Lord, how you provided and you once again showed how you care for us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us today. Lord, that you'd guide and direct and you'd encourage us. Help us a little bit more to see Jesus clearly. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If each and every one of us were to be a little bit honest this morning in our Christian life, maybe there's been some thoughts or maybe there's even been some words that have been spoken that we would not want it to be heralded from the housetop. We would not want it to be cried out there. We would not want anybody else to know. Uh, my dad gave testimony, and he's in heaven today, and, and uh, he didn't give testimony while he was in heaven. That was two separate statements, okay? But yet, he's in heaven today, and he gave testimony while he was while I was growing up, and he gave this testimony of... One time in his life that things were not going very well, and I couldn't imagine why, all the 
problems and things and situations he was dealing with while he was pastoring a church. And he said, there was one night, he said that I was walking, and he said he was walking next door to my grandfather's, about 600 to 800 feet away. He said, it was a bright moonlit night. And he said, I'm walking along, and he said, and, and, and listen, if you're an animal lover, just know that he got things right with God through all of this, okay? He's walking along, and he's arguing with God. He's pouring out his heart to God. He's asking God questions like why, and how in the world, and on and on. All these questions that, that we as humans, we're real good at asking. And he was as frustrated as could be, and he's walking along, and he sees a smaller, not quite a baby raccoon, I believe it was, that was crossing the path in front of him. And he got close enough and full of frustration and kicked that thing as hard as he could. And it landed, I think, on all four or four rolls, one of the two, I'm not sure. And it kept going. And he said, just as real as it is right now, he said, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, what did he ever do to you? And he said, God started helping me. He said, in my heart that night, and he said, I realized the, the, the questions that I was having and some things that I was being said to, saying to God, and he never told us everything that was being said. Some of you and, and me have said things that I may not want you to hear today of questioning God and questioning His will and questioning His ways and some things. But you know something? We're given insight here into the humanity of the disciples and how the Lord would say to them, how is it that ye have no faith? And them coming and, and having the audacity to be able to ask the Lord in this night, Master, carest thou not that we perish? God, don't you care about where we're at? God, don't you care about what we're going through, not just the circumstances and the situation, but God, don't you care that this is about the end? And as I look down through this passage, and there are several things that we could come back and, and look at and situations that we could talk about today, and we know, and listen, as I looked back over our prayer list for this past week, and I made mention of it on Thursday, three out of the first four prayer requests that were on there was about people that had passed away that were in connection with our church. And heartaches of things that people are going through and, and losses that are in their life and, and heartaches that they face on a daily basis. And, and listen, there's times that we're going through this that our humanity is showing just as much as what it is showing here with the disciples. Master, carest thou not. And I want to encourage us today because we did just sing this song and let me remind us of this. And this was already typed up on Friday of understanding and singing this song, Does Jesus Care? And the questions that are on here, and I'm not going to quote the song back to us, and for everybody else's sake, I'm not going to sing it back to us either. But does Jesus care when my heart is pained? Does Jesus care when my way is dark?
Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye? Now we can come back and we all, listen, we sang it and many had smiles on their face and had the assurance in their heart and we sing refrains like this and verses like this and we love to come back to the chorus, oh yes, he cares. But I want to encourage us today on trusting that he cares and let me share just a few principles out of this passage of scripture that I pray will be an encouragement to you that as I read this passage of scripture fresh and anew and can I say this I've got to know a whole message and some of you that may be marking your Bible have another whole message I preached out of the exact same verses and I thought how wonderful it is to be able to come back to the word of God and whatever season of life you're in that the Holy Spirit of God can take the same verses, the same principles of the word of God and say here's another truth that you can hold on to from here. And we look at it first of all trusting that he cares when you're full and you've taken all that you can. I came back and looked at verse number 37. Look what the Bible says. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the phrasing that is used here, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. What else could the ship take on? What else could the ship endure? What else would they have to suffer through? Not just the men that are in the ship at this point, but now this storm is beating against the ship and into the ship, and now the ship is full. Listen, when water begins to get inside your boat, that's when you have a problem. It's designed to be on the outside. But yet I thought it was an interesting phrase that dealing with this storm and dealing with this ship so that it was now full. You understand this ship couldn't take anymore. You understand that it's at that point when the ship cannot take anymore, that when the storm is raging at its highest level, that it's then that the disciples come and look at Jesus and say, carest thou not that we perish? And listen, I know that there's more than one and a multitude that are going through things in life and come to the point of saying, listen, this is all that I can handle. I've been hanging out right about here, but now it's gone up to here and I'm full. God, I can't take anymore. And we all love to run back and think that it's a verse that's been quoted. Well, God's not going to put any more on you than you can handle. That's not what the Bible says. He said that there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able and I found out, listen, there's storms, there's trials, there's tribulations that come into our lives that beat against the ship of life that we are sailing in right now. And listen, it's not just that it beats into it, but we may say, hey, God, this ship's full. God, you can't put anything else in there. But it's during that time, understanding this, Jesus said unto him in verse number 35, the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Where was Jesus taking this boat and the men that were in the boat? To the other side. Do you think that the storm in the midst of it, in the midst of that journey, that if Jesus had said, we're going to the other side, do you think that storm was going to take that boat down? 
Not if Jesus had already given His word, we're going to make it to the other side. Not if Jesus had already given the promise and say, listen, let's get into the boat with me and we're going to the other side. But in the midst of that storm, they start questioning, Master, carest thou not? Lord, we've taken all we can take. Lord, it's full now. Lord, everything that's come into my life, Lord, there is no more room to take anything else in. But the promise of God was, let's go to the other side. And I want to encourage us, listen, (coughs) let's trust that He cares when we've taken all we can. We just can't take any more. And you say, well, I think I can take a little bit more. Don't ask for it, by the way. Don't say, hey, bring it on. Some of those that that charge God foolishly, some of those that say, God, uh, isn't there anything else that you can pile on to me? What else is coming today? Now, you know as well as I do, sometimes we go through life and we wake up in the morning and say, what else can go wrong? There's days like that. There's weeks like that. Sometimes there's entire seasons of life like that. But it's in the midst of that understanding. They're in the middle of the night and the storm is raging and the winds are blowing and that it was now full. God, this ship can't take much more. Trust Him that He cares. Trust Him because, you know, He is in the boat with us. But then I thought about this in verse number 38. And I guess... Maybe in our flesh we would get irritated at this too. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. You ever wonder what they were thinking through all that? God, we are going through one of the worst storms that we have ever gone through in life. We're to the point we can't take it anymore. And Jesus, you're sleeping. Now, here's where this sermon illustration will break down because I want to remind us that God doesn't sleep and He doesn't slumber. This is the humanity of Jesus that's saying, I'm in the boat, I've already given the promise, we're going to the other side. He pillows His head and He goes to sleep. I want to encourage us to trust that He cares when you have more questions than you have answers for. My dad said this years ago after about 25 years of pastoring, and he said this in sarcasm, he said, I believe I'm going to write a book. And he said, I'm going to write a book on the top hundred, or he might have said thousand, on the top hundred questions we have in a Christian life. And he said, I've already got half of it done. He said, I've got all the questions. He said, the problem is I don't have all the answers. Do you understand what took place here and understand this question that has taken place in verse number 38? They understand who he is. They go and they wake him up and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Do you understand that he arose, starting in verse number 39, and provided a great miracle, and the wind and the waves ceased, the storm calmed, but he never answered the apostles the question that they asked. 
But I also noticed this, that he did not rebuke them about the question. He did not stand up and say, well, of course I care for you. Haven't you been watching all these miracles that I've been doing? Haven't you seen how much I've poured into you? Haven't you seen how much I've provided for you? No, he simply got up and he provided an answer. But I wonder what Jesus would have said if he would have answered their questions. But then I thought about us. I said, I wonder how many times we go through life and probably one of the biggest questions we ask is why. And we ask why this and why that. And I've heard some preachers say and, and some teachers that have said that uh, it's a sin to ask why, which I would have to firmly disagree with. Because even while Jesus was hanging on the cross, what was one of the sayings that Jesus had on the cross? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But I've noticed on many of the questions that we have throughout the Scriptures, and guess what? Many of the same questions that I may have in life maybe go unanswered for this side of eternity. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Never said a word to them. Just got up and rebuked the wind, and there was a great calm. When Jesus hanging on the cross said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You say, well, here's all the theological reasons on why God forsake. Yes, I understand all the theological reasons. And I'm thankful for all the practical reasons on why God forsook the Lord Jesus Christ hanging there on the cross. Because he became my sin. But do you understand when Jesus asked why hanging on the cross, heaven was silent. And God did not thunder from heaven and say, here's the reason for all of humanity to be able to understand and to be able to hear on that day at Mount Calvary. He did not do that. The same way here. The disciples had more questions than what they have answers. And listen, you may be sitting here this morning, can I, and can I just give you some insight into what one of the hardest things it is as a pastor is to be able to answer the questions that we don't have answers to. Why would God allow this to take place in my life and to have to say, I don't have the reason for it, but I, can I encourage you that God is still on the throne in heaven and you can still trust that He cares for you. And we sing a song, does Jesus care? Oh yes, my friend, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with your grief and with my grief. Yes, we can trust Him. When I have more questions... Many have said this, that they've started, and I know it's, it's allegorical that they're saying this, that they've started their list of questions that they're going to ask to God when they get to heaven. Well, I can't wait till I get to heaven, and I'm going to ask them this question right here. Listen, I believe when we get to heaven, we're not going to remember those questions that we want to ask Him. God, why did this happen? How in the world could this take place while well, I was down there on the earth? Listen. I'm not saying we're going to have all the answers to all of it. I'm not going to say that as soon as we get to heaven that all of God's purpose is going to be revealed to us. But I will say this, we're going to be in a perfect condition and perfect spirit of worship to our Savior. Well, I can't wait till I get to heaven and I can give Adam a piece of my mind on why he sinned. I really don't think we're going to be concerned about that. 
Well, I can't wait to get to heaven and that Apostle Peter back there in the Bible, man, I want to tell him how honored and privileged he was to be able to walk with Jesus and then you get up and deny him three times. I don't think we're going to be real worried about that. I want to encourage us, can I say this, based on the history of God, based upon his testimony, based upon his reputation, based upon his attributes, we can come back, listen, when we have more questions than we have answers to, we can be trusting that he cares. But pastor, I've taken all that I can take and I'm at my breaking point. Listen, that's where the ship was. That's where the people were. And they started asking questions and they didn't have an answer to it. But can I remind us as we come down through here, And this isn't one of my points. I still have a few more that I need to get through to be preaching this morning. But can I remind us that through all of this, they knew who to go to, by the way. They were experienced sailors. Listen, I believe that they had been in these storms before. I believe they could see it coming. But this was such a storm. Listen, we're at capacity. I wonder if it was other than the command of the Lord if they were to turn the boat around. And said, no, it's not a time to sail. But hey, we got Jesus. We're going through life. They knew who to go to. When they were in the midst of the storm, the difference is we go to everything else instead of getting on our knees before the Lord. And can I encourage us with this, that we can trust that he cares. And I looked at this phrase, asleep on a pillow. We can trust that he cares when Jesus is silent in the storm. You say, what do you mean silent in the storm? Have you ever gone through a storm, been going through things in your life? Hey, so maybe it's just me. There's been times I've tried to pray. Boy, it just seemed like it bounced off the roof. There's been times that, boy, I've tried to read my Bible and, and, and... Can I be transparent? There are some times that I've read the Bible and it's just out of duty. Am I the only one? Hey, I'm reading it because I know it's the right thing to do. I'm reading it because if if I'm not in the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit of God, but I'll be honest with you, there's times I've sat down and read the Bible, closed the Bible at the end of it and said, I didn't get a thing out of that. I'm thinking, God, you know I need something. You know what I've had to do time after time is go back to it. Go back to it. Keep reading. Keep going. Start begging God, saying, God, I need something. Master, carest thou not? Lord, would you do something? But there's sometimes that it's just been silent. And then I was reminded, and you have been too, years past that sometimes in the toughest test is when the teacher is the most silent. We have several that have graduated, finished up courses and everything. How many, when you're sitting down to take that exam, and many of them are online now or remote, you sit down when it used to be, you sit in that classroom, and to be able to go through your exam, how many is the teacher uh, still up there just teaching and talking and carrying away while you're taking one of the hardest exams of the year? No, usually they're just up there and it's just quiet. It's just quiet. You can almost hear a pin drop. That's what they want anyway. And I thought, here's the Lord. Hey, they're out there suffering. They're out there wondering what's going to happen to them. And here's Jesus in the hinder part of the boat. He went down there, put his head on a pillow, and he said, I'm going to sleep. He knew what was going to take place. He'd already given his word. We're making it to the other side. I want to encourage us. There may be times you say, Pastor, I'm just not hearing from the Lord like I usually do. 
Lord, I mean, Pastor, the, the, the Scriptures just aren't opening up to me. Boy, my prayer life, I find it hard. I find it difficult. And it just seems like heaven is silent right now. We may be going through that time. Can I encourage us that we can trust Him, that He cares for us. Trust Him that He cares. And then I noticed this too. Let me give it to us. We just went over the subject matter of faith down in our group this morning, looking at the fruit of the Spirit and the nine parts of the fruit of the Spirit. But he comes down to verse number 40, and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And I wrote down here, and maybe this is just for God to be able to help me, but, you know, I can trust that He cares when my faith can't see the plan. He didn't say you're not a good sailor because they were good sailors. They were fishermen. They, they lived on this sea. They spent their time out there. I'm sure they'd seen every storm that came through. Something was different about this one. And Jesus said, hey, listen, it's not your inexperience. It's not that you miscalculated this. He said, how is it you have no faith? And I thought the times that we're going through life, that if God is allowing some things to be able to take place, and heaven may be silent, and the Lord's silent, and Jesus is not speaking with us, that our faith can't see the plan that God has laid out in front of us. There's so much more we go back to, but I go back to verse 35. Let us pass over unto the other side. Listen, God has given us the promise, and if you're here today and you're a child of God, you can rest in the promise. You will make it to the other side. You say, what's the other side? Hey, listen, we are going to set foot on the shores of heaven someday. Now, as far as I'm concerned, and we just sang about it when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But listen, that rejoicing may come then. Today we're here saying, God, do you even care about me? God, look what I'm going through. Lord, this storm, and it's beating into the ship, and, and it's full, and I can't take anymore. And Jesus, you're, you're sleeping on me. We know Jesus isn't sleeping. Lord, what can we do when the Lord's already given us the plan saying, listen, you are going to make it to the other side. You are going to make it. You understand we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise according to the Bible until the day of redemption. Do you understand that Jesus is coming back to be able to take us out of here? You say, but it's getting awfully bad. Hey, the storms of life, there's not a one of us that would testify today that we've never gone through a storm. There's not a one of us. One preacher put it this way, you can substitute trial or storm or tribulation or something that you're going through that it just seems like life is that constant roller coaster that you're either going into a storm or you're in the middle of a storm or you're just coming out of a storm right now. And we hear things like that and we say, yes, that is true. That seems like it's the Christian life. But let me remind you that by faith we can see the other side and the plan that God has for us to be able to make it there. I'm saying, Lord, you've got something, but Lord, I don't understand it. What was the purpose of these disciples going through that storm? What's the purpose of it? 
I don't know. Was it for the purpose of, of revealing that they had no faith and for Jesus to be able to say, hey, was it for Jesus to be able to reveal himself and the power? Because afterwards they feared exceedingly and said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Boy, it sure elevated Jesus in their hearts and minds right there, didn't it? You say, well, I sure wish that God would show me the purpose of this storm that I'm going through. I sure wish. Now listen, there may be sometimes the lesson is just to be able to trust him and learn that we can trust him through each and every part of it. You say, well, I'm just not sure about that. Do you understand what took place? And, and uh, boy, I'd love to take all the time to be able to go into it. Do you understand what took place on the other side of the storm? Chapter number five. Now, sometimes we would look at things and say that wasn't worth it. Do you understand Jesus shows up on the other side into the country of the Gadarenes in chapter 5 and verse number 1? And we have a very popular Bible character there that we call the maniac of Gadara. The maniac of Gadara. Do you understand that's the only one that Jesus came in contact with and changed his life when he showed up over there? He shows up, here's a maniac, listen, and I'm not talking about our neighbor and state, okay? I can say that, I'm a maniac. I was born and raised there. We're talking about a crazy man. Okay, the two might go together. <laughs> the maniac of Gadara, listen, that humanly they have tried everything to be able to take care of this man. They have bound him. They have chained him. They have locked him up. Nothing has worked until Jesus shows up. And do you understand they get through that storm? They get to the other side. One man has his life changed because of Jesus. And those disciples going through that storm to be able to get to the other side, listen, they leave afterwards. You say, was that storm really worth one person? Do you understand the next time Jesus came back? There were times, listen, Jesus comes back to this area that they didn't even have to say a word. You know why? Because there was one man previously that God had changed his life. And the next time Jesus came back, the Bible says that they brought their sick and their diseased and their halt and their maim from all over the region to be able to see Jesus. And I thought about this, by faith to be able to see the plan that God has for us. We don't know what the purpose is necessarily for the storm, but I will say this, that God can get us to the other side and God has a whole lot bigger plan than what you and I have. And sometimes we may not see it because we're in the middle of the storm. We may not see it because the waves are too high. We may not see it because it's as dark as midnight and the sun and the moon and the stars have been clouded by all of it. But God has something on the other side. You say, Pastor, why am I going through this? I don't know, except for God has something. And I know that God's sovereign and I know that God's taking care of things and I know that what he's wanting to do on the other side of it, listen, you've got to get through the storm to be able to see the rainbow. I thought, Lord, if you'd help us, listen, and learn to trust that he cares. Now let me share this thought with us and we'll be done. I've already made mention the disciples get up and say, Master, carest thou not that we perish. Several years ago, 
started thinking throughout the Scriptures on this subject matter on questions that answer themselves. Questions that answer themselves. One of these disciples that were here in the boat with him was a man named Peter. And I no doubt, I'll be honest with you, just going by personality and history of the Bible, it wouldn't surprise me if Peter was the one that voiced this. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, it doesn't say that it was Peter that said this. It says, and they awake him and say unto him. But I know Peter was involved in it. Jesus didn't rebuke the question that was here, but questions that answer themselves. And can I encourage us today? Hey, listen, it was about 30 or 40 years later. We have written over in the epistle that Peter wrote. Remember 1 Peter chapter number 5? You remember down around verse number 7, what's Peter say? Casting all your care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. Let me ask you something. When we look into this passage of Scripture right up here, did Jesus ever get up and say, why are you even asking me that? You know I care for you. Why are you even questioning? Why would you even go there? Don't you know that I care for you? Hey, listen, something happened over the next few years. And questions that answer themselves, maybe right here in the boat, Peter is part of the crew that's saying, Master, carest thou not that we perish? But then under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, Peter sits down later on and he's writing out that epistle to them strangers and he says, listen, casting all your care upon him. You know why? For he careth for you. I believe Peter learned by the end of the journey that you could trust that he cares. Even in some of the darkest nights, even when you're full and you can't take any more, even when you have more questions than you have answers, even when it seems like you have to wake Jesus up because he's silent through the storm, even when your faith can't see the plan and see the other side that God has for us, may I remind us that we can trust that he cares. You can cast all your care because he cares. What that is is saying, hey, all this worry, all this anxiety, everything that I have, if I don't know what's going to take place, I can cast that literally means to, to throw and put it upon him. He found out that the Lord has big shoulders. We can cast it all on him and he's inviting us to because he cares for us. You know what he's saying? Listen, when you feel like you can't pray, keep praying. I, I care about you. You can, you can trust me. Trust that he cares. Now, here's the thing. Some of us, some of you sitting here today, maybe you don't serve the God of the Bible. Maybe you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Can I say that's the first place to start? Because if I can trust him with my soul for all of eternity... Should I be able to trust Him to take care of me today? Should I be able to trust Him to get me through whatever storm? Hey, if He's given, him, given us His Word already that we're going to make it to the other side and we're going to be able to get there, can I trust Him for that? 
You say, I don't know. You don't know what this man's done to me and this man's let me down and this parent's let me down and this family member and this church and, and on and on and on. They've all let me down. Well, listen, the one thing you can't say is that God's ever let you down. And you can trust that he cares. Does Jesus care? When my heart is pained? Does Jesus care? When my way is dark? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye? My sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it aught to him? Is it nothing to him? Does he see? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. And you do too. Let's trust him that he cares. He cares.